Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll Podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, Alabama is currently a six-point favorite heading into Saturday. Too high or too low? Just right. Okay. Yeah, with, yeah, all, the, I mean, with all the hype surrounding LSU, Joe Brady, Joe Burrow, that number surprised me initially. Yeah, you know, I thought it would open higher than that, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, somewhere around nine, just because Vegas is trying to set a trap. But I think it's right in the middle, because I can I can make a case, if Alabama's going to win this game, hypothetically, I can make a case it's by three, it's by six, it's by nine. I, it's just, it's right there in that tough line. If I'm going to bet it, which I'm not, I'm going to bet it's probably going to be over that, and that's my bias betting, and that's why I don't win money, so don't take my advice. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it, it's a it's a tough line if you overthink it. Mm-hmm. You just got to go with it. I mean, what are you thinking about it? Uh, had you told me it was only going to be six before the season started, I would have bet a house payment on it, honestly. But I mean, obviously we have we have evidence throughout the season. It did open at seven. It opened at a touchdown, so it's been bet down some. So spread is six, over under is 63. This is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say in this series, but I'm not sure if there's a number that I would say is too high. But regardless, 63, too high or too low? No, way too low. It's going over. I think it's a shootout. Yeah. Both offenses, top five in the nation in points per game. LSU's averaging 46.8. Alabama's averaging 48.6. If you remember, we did mention LSU averaging 50 per game a couple weeks ago. Uh, That number's gone down a few points after their their last two games. They scored 36 at State, 23 at home against Auburn. 36, obviously, that's nothing to be disappointed in. But still, those two numbers are a far cry from the 60 spots they were putting up in the first few weeks. I'll also say this. LSU got a lot of early mileage off of that win against Texas. And that does not look as impressive now as it did in September. Dude, Texas isn't even in the top 110 overall defensive uh, statistics, which is crazy to think, too, if you talk about preseason and not the whole Texas is back, but just in general of what they were returning. I mean, that's terrible. Um, but it puts perspective into as well the competition that LSU's played versus Alabama. Now, I know we're always the vocal point of terrible teams. We never play anybody. But LSU, at the end of the day, when they were able to actually play a team with a great defense and a legend at quarterback yet to be born, uh, you know, they they struggled. And I don't know if you watched that game, but one of the things I took away from that game is Auburn was able to move the ball on the ground against them pretty easy at times. And the way Alabama's offensive line, as of late, has been playing, I think we got a good chance to establish the way we want to. I'm not denying that they've been good. It would not totally shock me if they came into Tuscaloosa and won. But I think there are parts of their season that have kind of been misleading to some extent. Texas is 5-3. and three. They just lost by double digits to TCU. They needed a, a literal miracle to beat Kansas in, fo- <laughs> in football. So, so beating Texas by seven points does not indicate what we thought it did in week two. Texas also had a first and goal at the four-yard line in the first half that they didn't cash in on. LSU turned around two weeks after that and gave up 38 to a bad, a bad two-and-six Vanderbilt team. Van- Vanderbilt's scoring offense is ranked 123rd in FBS. There are only 130 teams. They've scored over 18 points only two times this year. They scored 14 more points on LSU than they've scored on anyone else on their entire schedule. And they went for a fourth down deep inside LSU territory that they didn't get as well. So if you listen to a lot of the the talk shows and buy into some of the narratives, maybe from the the national media, you'd think that LSU has been nearly perfect. That has not been the case. 
No, no, not at all. But, you know, that just goes to show that perception is everything right now. And it's all about what's new. I mean, seriously, even Clemson, everyone's tired of Clemson outside of, you know, they're in Clemson, South Carolina. So what's what what problem we have right now is LSU's new. They look like they are capable of beating Alabama. They have a quarterback for the first time in literally since the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. And, I mean, I get it. The Alabama fatigue is rampant, always will be until Nick Saban's gone. But every year we see the same story. You know, we see the same narrative. We see the same predictions. Now, I will say I think this year on paper and leading into it, I'm more nervous, so to speak, than years prior. So I'm not going to try to say that this is just unwarranted, all that. Because I know LSU's going to play up to this game, too. But I think they're going to be playing up too much in their head because of the way they've been acting leading up to this game as well. And so, yeah, I get what you're saying. They're kind of like the new shiny thing that could potentially get the nation over the hump of the, the Alabama fatigue or the Clemson fatigue. Exactly. Um, even Mississippi State, who's barely cracking the top 75 in scoring offense, they put up 340 yards on LSU. They just couldn't take care of the ball. They turned it over, even turned it over on downs a couple times. So their point total against LSU is a little deceiving. Obviously, this game has playoff implications, but it also has Heisman implications. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is the current Heisman favorite at minus 110. Tua is third at plus at plus 375. If you miss the last game and a half and you're still third in Heisman <laughs> odds, that says a lot about you. You have to think Tua kind of catapults back to first if he has a big game Saturday and Alabama wins. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that I can get better odds on Tua right now leading into LSU than I could preseason. So get all over that. But it, look, Joe Burrow, regardless, LSU has never had a quarterback the last 10 years that could do, regardless of the competition, what he's been doing. So I love the hype because it is warranted to an extent, but you give people a little bit of taste of success and hope this is what we get. I'm not saying it's going to be a just a beatdown, none of that. No, I, I do think this is going to be early, kind of a physical feel-it-out game. But I think both teams are going to get theirs. I really do. I think this is going to be kind of frustrating for both sides. But I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I really think it's going to live up to the billing. I came across this. I thought it was really interesting. There's a website called PropSwap where you can you can sell your betting tickets or buy someone else's. Basically, if you put in a futures bet months ago or years ago or whatever, and the odds change in your favor, you yeah. can sell your ticket for a profit, and someone else can take on that bet. Uh, there's a Joe Burrow Heisman ticket for sale right now on PropSwap. The seller took Joe Burrow to win the Heisman for $300 at 75-1 to 1 in August. Wow. It, it, it was 300 to win $22,500. He has the ticket listed for sale for $8,600. So you get almost, not quite, plus 300 odds on Joe Burrow if you buy that ticket. If you owned that ticket, do you keep it and try to cash the 22 grand? Hell no. <laughs> or Hell do, no. Or do you give it to give someone else a deal on the odds, basically? Take your eight grand and move on. I guess I know your answer. Hell no. I'll take four. Shit. I don't <laughs> care. Give me my money. What's that, what's that coach this year? Tell him bring me my money. So. <laughs> yeah, tell him bring me my money. <laughs> I'd sell it too. It, it, just, it feels like this game could decide the Heisman. And I don't know that I'd feel comfortable with having to depend on Joe Burrow showing up and winning in Tuscaloosa. Sure, I mean, he's the favorite right now, and you're getting a deal on the odds on that ticket. 
as it sits right now, but will those odds be the same on Sunday? I don't know. They could be, but see, the way they run this offense is not only Gary Danielson's, you know, child. It is Gary Danielson's love child, but it's also, you know, going back to the the Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl recently, we're all we're going to hear is RPO. You take a shot every time you you hear RPO because you're going to get drunk as hell. They're going to try to kill us across the middle, which has been Alabama's weakness as far back as I can tell you. And right now, until we're able to stop it, uh, you know, he's going to get some numbers. I think he's going to get his. I really do. I won't be surprised. I'm not saying the dude can't move the ball down the field. I, I really do think he can. But, man, the way this secondary has come on over the last few weeks, I got not too many concerns about them. I'm more worried about disrupting him, which Auburn proved you can get into his head during a game. And I don't know whether or not it's going to become a a big factor in this game, though, because I I just I think they're going to try to just feel each other out and get the ball in space. But, man, it's going to come down to who's willing to take that shot. This past week or so has kind of shown the difference in the two programs to me. LSU's talking a lot. Yeah. You've had LSU players saying they're going to dominate. You had Ed O saying LSU will have bigger games ahead than this one. Uh, yeah. You had a defender, I can't remember who it was, saying they have answers for slants coming from uh, Alabama's receivers. It's coming from all directions, really, but there there hasn't been a whole lot coming from Alabama. If you are an LSU fan, do you love or hate the talk? Oh, of course you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to back it up as, oh, my team's not afraid. You know, look, we're telling it like it is. Alabama ain't played nobody. Uh, the old hashtag. But <laughs> it's funny how people forget what got them to where they are. And uh, I mean that not even in the sense of Nick Saban, since this is the Nick Saban Bowl. But I, I mean that in the sense of it's been eight straight years. They can beat that horse to death. I will, too. Yeah. you got to prove it until it's not. And right now, LSU ain't proved nothing. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that this weekend. But it is funny. You see Coach O say that. And then you see Cecil Hurt live tweeting Nick Saban's press conference this week. And you see the comments Saban makes. It just goes to show there's a reason why LSU will not be to that level as Nick Saban ran Alabama because of those things. Little things like that have a larger than realized impact. Yeah, they matter. LSU has won this game a week too early every year for a long time now. That's a great-ass <laughs> quote right there. Yeah, I mean, they have. So. Uh, it'd be different if they hadn't have dropped the last eight, like you said, but the the comments feel empty when it's almost been a decade since their last win. And the, and the, the quote, we have a plan for the slant routes comment, I thought was really the best one. Like, are they going, are they going to try to jump a slant route? Because I don't know that handing Alabama's receivers a chance to get behind you is the right play. I, I don't know if I'd like it or not as an LSU fan, but I can tell you that I love it from Alabama's side. Not that they need it, but I'll take any extra motivation given. No, for sure. And I I think what's crazy, too, is you aren't going to hear any of this come Sunday other than all takes exposed and our fan base going after people. But let's think back. Let's go back two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Ed Orgeron was already prepping the team, or so so he told the press, not to be on social media talking crap, not to, you know, (laughs) act like you— uh, what the hell? Even he's out here like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> those boys ain't shit. <laughs> if, if he, I mean, if he was training them to to not talk, he did a terrible job. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's very easy to learn from him how not to talk. So, <laughs> yeah, the Cookie Monster. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Uh, look, before we wrap up, we did want to mention Nate Oates' debut. Uh, a one point loss to Penn. <laughs> 
Herb Jones went down with an injury early. All in all, a pretty disappointing debut, Brad. Well, we did think he would go undefeated this year. I know. So I agree with that. However, we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. There's still we're still in the first half of the season. So let's see what the second half has. <laughs> uh, no, look, I, how bad did we shoot? I don't have that number in front of me. I mean, it was it was atrocious. Uh, yeah, 36% from the field. Yeah. Okay. So 36% and we only lost by one. It looked yeah. like we implemented the style of play that NATO's wanted to do. I, dude, I'm telling you, give it about eight to 10 games. I think we're going to see a lot more than just disappointment and a flash in a pan. We're going to start seeing some improvement and consistency. I really think that they just got to get it gelled out. Uh, with this new offense actually playing against other people too, as well, not themselves. Yeah, I don't want to overreact to it. It's one game. We like we and we knew going in that Penn was a potential tournament team. Uh, I also don't want to make excuses either, though. Alabama had the more talented team at home, and they dropped their opener against a team that they should have beaten. Uh, there were negatives and positives. The glaring negative to me is the five spot going forward. I think I think this team is in trouble when they face a team with talented big men. Another negative is missed shots in the paint. They got a lot of quick layups, but they they couldn't finish a lot of them. The positives is that I think they do have an identity, kind of like you were saying. They didn't execute it perfectly, but we know after game one, Nate Oates is going to play the style of basketball that he said he would. Uh, They're going to score a lot of points. They had an awful shooting night, 36%, like we said, from the field. They still scored 80 Dude, yeah. yeah. To put this in comparison for the Fogs, you know, and I'll be called a Fog, but it's like when Arkansas tried to go from Brett Bielema to Chad Morris's offense the next <laughs> year. I mean, essentially, that's what, in a football literal sense, if you're trying to understand, that's what's going on right now. Yeah, let's hope that he, he has more success than the, than Chad. But, yeah. look, even with that pace, they're, they're obviously going to give up their share of points, too. It's of inevitable. Course, yeah. but. But I think they're going to have a lot of success, even this year, against guard-centric teams. Uh, like I said, don't want to completely overreact over one game. But look, Nate Oates came in with a lot of confidence. He talked a lot of game. He put it, he put it out there that he expects it, this team to make the tournament in year one, and he has the roster too. We've talked about this before. This is kind of somewhat similar to what we brought up with LSU. The talk is great if you follow through, but – it makes things a lot worse if you don't. And they're starting off in a small hole. Well, I'd rather lose early and win late. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they really can't afford to drop many more mid-major uh, games, though. I will say that. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have some you know pretty big games coming up here you know, the, over the first 10 games or so. And I really do think you're going, you're, you're going to see progression come across you know, within these first 10 games. I, I think that's when, you know, hopefully, barring injury, this team's going to come together and be able to start consistently playing the style of basketball that they've been practicing and Nate's been implementing. Yeah, they have a couple of weeks left until the Battle for Atlantis where they open with North Carolina. So I, I think things need to get ironed out before before that tournament because if they go to the Bahamas and drop three, not good. No, not at all. Uh, and I will be in attendance for that game, Brad. Well, let's just uh, hope you can be a reserve point guard for them. <laughs> hey, man. I, I'll say this. I can hit free throws. Oh, I can shit, hit mine. Go. <laughs> Look, high school Harry over here. I, I can, I'll hit mine. I'll drain mine, okay? 
Hey, look. I mean, I'm just saying you would have you would have went pro had that knee not blown. Exactly. Out, you know? <laughs> it was the ankle injuries. <laughs> All right. This has been the Roll Bama Roll podcast. Roll Tide.